a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Welcome listeners to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Today I'm joined by a gentleman from Chicago in Illinois in the United States of America, a gentleman by the name of Bob Conlin. You might have seen him all over social media. Bob's going to be telling us in a moment or two about a remarkable story of two simple words really that transcend all darkness and those two simple words are love and hope. Bob, an immensely warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. It's an honor to be here and be talking about love and hope. Maybe a great way to start us off, Bob, for, you know, to uh, get our listeners hooked into what I know is going to be a remarkable dance conversation, call it what you will, is for you to take the mic for, you know, a short while and just take us on this journey of, uh, well, of love and hope. Sure. So... What led to our story of love and hope going viral across the world um, was the story of our baby, Forrest. Uh, My wife and I uh, have tried for over a year to get pregnant uh, naturally, and we were just about ready to start calling in the doctors and to help us with getting pregnant. And lo and behold, we got pregnant. And we were both, I'm, I'm 45, my wife's 41. We're both in older pregnancy and um, we were very excited and very nervous and all the feelings that would come with bringing life into the world. And the pregnancy was going well. And on our five month anniversary, while we were putting together the nursery, uh, our water broke. My wife felt a gush of fluid and uh, we were very confused and concerned what was happening and we rushed to the hospital and after about eight, nine, ten hours of testing, it was determined that yes, indeed, my wife's water broke and that we had less than a 1% chance that our child would survive. And at this point, we didn't, we didn't know the sex of our baby, nor had we named him. And we were obviously just devastated and we were you know told to go home and just rest and wait for the inevitable which would be one of two things which would be shauna would start shauna's my wife she would start spontaneous labor which would mean that we would lose the baby or she would develop an infection which would mean that we would lose the baby so we were just reeling in grief and devastated and just trying to make sense of it all. Here we had this this little baby in our family essentially for five months, and you know we were connected with it. We were loving it. We were excited for it. We were changing our lives for it. And um, 
what happened was nothing. We were waiting for the worst to happen and day after day went by and the baby was still moving. The baby was still growing. We went in once a week to our obstetrician and she confirmed that the baby was moving, the baby's growing, his heartbeat was strong. And then day after day, he just kept hanging on. And in, um, in the States, once the, once the mother and baby get to 23 weeks pregnant, that they consider the baby viable and they, were, they will start offering medical intervention for the mom and baby to help save this baby's life. So she was admitted to the hospital uh, on bed rest, uh, getting, getting the baby monitored, getting her blood monitored, her vital signs monitored, watching for signs of infection. And, and bear in mind, all of this was happening about two to three weeks into the, the COVID-19 pandemic that was sweeping across the, the globe. So we, once she was admitted, we were separated and I was not able to go visit her. And the whole pregnancy, we, we talked about how we wanted to keep the sex of our baby surprised. There's very few surprises in life like this, and we wanted to just keep it a surprise. And when we connected with the baby and talked to it, we wanted to, and it almost guided us, the baby almost guided us, like the baby wanted more love and connection from its parents. So we decided to, upon her first ultrasound in the hospital, to find out the sex of the baby. And this is kind of when the this, this story of our, our son began to unfold. And we found out we were, you know, having a son and we named him Forrest. Uh, the woods, trees have always been a big uh, guiding force in our lives. Just the power and the strength of a tree, the collection of a forest, um, the connection to nature. We both grew up camping in, in the woods. We got engaged in the woods. We got married in the woods. And the name Forrest just kept coming back and back and back to us that this would be our son's name. And to this day, he's still uh, with my wife. They're still in the hospital. This is going on the eighth week of her being in the hospital. And he's growing, he's breathing, his heart's strong. Um, like he's practicing breathing in the womb and it's just been miraculous what has happened. And, and one of the, the biggest concerns that the medical community has for our son is, is his ability to breathe once he's born. And, you know, it's our greatest concern as well. Um, amniotic fluid, which my wife doesn't have is basically the, the fluid that helps the baby develop its lungs. And there's no way to tell how the lung development has occurred until the baby's born. So we're waiting for this baby to be born to find out if he can breathe. And when you think of what's happening in the world with coronavirus, how it affects the respiratory system, when you think of the trees being the lungs of the world, which help the world create, you know, helps the world have oxygen. When you think of what's going on in the United States and now across the world with the I Can't Breathe movement and the death of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd. And then when you think of my son, it's just bizarre how connected everything occurs to my wife and I in all of this. And, you know, it's a miracle. He had, again, less than 1% chance to survive this far. 
and now the doctors are saying he has about a 95% chance. So I remember the day after my water broke, I went to go see the, the obstetrician and she said, she was, you know, a very conciliatory tone. I'm very sorry. This is bad. This, this is terrible. I'm so sorry. And I remember asking her, I'm like, is there any chance that this child will survive? And she's like, we're hoping for a miracle for that to happen. And, um, you know, I truly feel that we have a miracle happen. It's just extraordinary. Yeah. Um, listening to you speak there, Bob, and I know we've spoken, you know, a few minutes off air um, around the, and I like to play devil's advocate with this word because I know there's no such word actually, but I'm going to throw it in anyway. Listeners, you're used to me you teasing with this word, the coincidence of this whole thing, Bob. Yeah. In a world of no coincidences, boy, what a coincidence this all is. The tie-ins, the forest thing. And on a very, very personal note for me, Bob, and this is totally abstract and got nothing at all to do with what we're talking about, but I'll throw it in anyway. My <laughs> my love of a certain football team in England, United Kingdom, is Nottingham Forest. Mm. Um, <laughs> one of my published books was called emerging from the forest mm. <laughs> it just you know these crazy tie-ins but enough of that um you know there's this um that's another time another place but going back to this i can't get beyond the word miraculous bob and this whole kind of love and hope you know hope is something that up until recently four months ago with the onset of covid that uh, it's it's an interesting bob how in life things change listeners i don't know if you can resonate with this but something will happen in your life a major event and you'll view something completely different and that's happened for me personally with that word hope because i'd always pre-covid19 looked on the word hope as quite a nice flimsy fluffy word what does it really mean it's one of those kind of words it's, it's not really got a meaning has it Wow, has my perception changed of that, mm -hmm. of this word hope? And listening to your, following your story, yours and Shona's story, and obviously Little Forest, um, obviously too, Bob, it's given that word hope a completely different dynamic. I mean, talk about being emblazoned in big neon lights on the top of a skyscraper, it's... For me personally, it's very much of that ilk. As, as I mean, in terms of words, Bob, and I speak to you now, dare I say, as a fellow coach, so we know the importance of words. Has anything dramatically changed from your awareness and your good lady's awareness, you know, since the recent events? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, as a, you know, as a coach, like language is a very powerful tool and language is the house of like being it's an it's the house of how we can show up and choose to live inside of our lives and inside of our relationship and i remember in those those first few weeks and very much even now today talking about hope and it seemed so futile like that's all we have is hope like it seemed mm -hmm. it seemed like we were fools and we were we were talking about like how hope is just devastating because there's there's no guarantee there's no defined outcome that we can choose and 
the the thing that we kind of got to in all of this was like we just have to choose hope and we have to choose love in this process regardless of how scared we are regardless of all of the unknowns in this and you know there's still many unknowns for us like we don't know how Forrest will be when he's born we don't know if he'll survive still we don't know i mean the chances are very good compared to where we were but there's still lots of unknowns and one of the the sayings that my wife and i have talked about through all this you know one of the many was that we just have to choose hope every day and just hope that you know this time next year we will have a, a healthy son and he will be thriving um yeah but like hope as, hope as an action, I think. Hope as like a choice. Hope as an action versus just like a sentiment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. To what degree, Bob, has faith come to the come out to play on this very demanding, challenging, and that you know, those words don't even begin to, to touch the surface. But to what part has, has faith played a part in this journey with you? Yeah, it's been um my wife and I have a, a very like strong spiritual practice where we um you know we, we connect as deep as we can to the universe and to angels and to our guides and to God and you know, like all of it, the the unknown of the divine. And you know, I think you know, we have hope as an action, like faith is like an act of trust. You know, it's having the faith that, you know, we can bear this, that this challenge was given us to show us that we can, we can make it through and not only make it through, but also grow and learn from it. And, you know, this, this experience, like we talk about what our baby, you know, what our baby forest has been teaching us through all of this and you know, I think it's that it's it's to trust, to have faith when there's when there's no guarantee when you're in the unknown. It's to choose hope. It's to choose love. And uh, you know, we joke, my wife and I, that our little baby is this just this prophet that is just teaching us so much about what it is to be human and going through going through a challenge. You know, like we, everyone on this planet is going through some type of challenge, and. Mm. You know, it just, it's been a very humbling experience for us and, you know, one that has a lot of lessons and, you know, we're letting this little baby just guide and lead us. And, you know, some, some days we have to lean, you know, harder, harder on faith because we're so scared. We're so confused and overwhelmed with the outcome and with all that's been going on in the world and all that's been going on with our story and, you know, it's just it's been just absolutely incredible um, all of it you know it's like you can't you can't make this up <laughs> you can't make no. make this story up yeah and I think Bob correct me if I'm wrong but you know there's there's uh you know that vulnerability and I know Brenny Brown um one of your fellow Americans, mm -hmm. she advocates very strongly, doesn't she, that, you know, our vulnerability is our strength, is our vulnerability. And just listening to you speak there, this is real. This is really at the sharp end of life. Yeah. You know, this is, 
you know, this is not some glossy magazine, you know, creating some, um, you know, Alice in Wonderland type. You know, let's hope the ending is the same. Um, absolutely. But what, what you and your good lady are experiencing, what people can only begin to imagine, I, I, w- I would venture. And so this whole thing around vulnerability, you know, and, 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 and yourself, Bob, coming on this this podcast, sharing openly around your fears around your hopes around your dreams you know the dark and the light and you know that brings in another word doesn't it courage yep yep and and courage you know like the definition of courage is is acting in the face of fear and you know i think many of us experience courage or want to experience courage as an absence of fear and you know, part of all of this is is going through this experience and doing this experience and choosing hope and choosing love and choosing faith in the face of fear, in the face of it all. And you know, it's it's a it's an act of and a practice of courage. You know, one of the which I failed to mention, one of the other options that we had when Shauna's water broke at five months was to terminate the pregnancy. And, you know, our doctor said most people do that so they can get on with it. So they can get on with having a viable pregnancy. And Sean and I Mm. both did not feel like that that was our baby's story. You know, we did not feel like that's what Forrest wanted. And we even had a conversation with our baby shortly after that, asking it, what do you want us to do? And it was clear by its action of not coming, of staying in and growing, that it wanted us to fight for it. You know, so you know, again, it, it's just that level of <laughs> courage and grit, stamina, resilience, all of those, you know, those big kind of, you know, sexy words when you think about it. Um, but, you know, it's very much like in the trenches of vulnerability for all of it. And in my own practice and in my own self-development, you know, and even before Brene, you know, vulnerability got got popular, right? And people saw it as a tool and as something that's valuable. I, you know, I preached in my practice and in my own life that vulnerability is an access to power. You know, it's a release that allows for for growth that allows for you to be courageous. So you then can go choose love and choose hope and choose faith in a, a much more empowering way. And when we talk about empowering words, there's two others that, you know, there again, and, and I'm certainly coming at this from a, a real authentic perspective rather than just throwing out words that you know you know as well as I do Bob there's certain buzzwords that's used in the arena of personal development Mm -hmm. listeners you've heard them a thousand times as well we all know what they are you know the word authenticity how many times have we heard that word what does it really mean and at the risk of sounding even slightly judgmental I think there are a lot of people that throw that word around like confetti but is there the substance you know, of that authenticity. So what I'm kind of, uh, where where this is leading to, Bob, is this this whole thing around, okay, so here's this 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 couple with this, this dream of having a child and these, you know, these serious challenges. To what degree, I mean, if there was one word, Bob, that could sum up um, either individually or collectively for you and your good lady that this, 
you know, the last few months have, have you know, has, uh, has put you through, what would that one word be? Mm. The thing that's coming to me in this moment is trust. You know, it's, it's trusting that, you know, we've made the right decision for our baby, trusting that our baby is happy with that decision and thriving because of it, trusting that sharing our story so open and vulnerably has helped others as it's helped us. You know, I think it's, mm. it's so easy to second guess, you know, I think our experience of life in so many ways based on the evidence or the outcome or the thing that we want. And, um, you know, I think my, you know, my wife's a, she's a trained coach as well. And, you know, I think like, um, we just had to trust what we saw and what we felt like, to use the word authentically, like what we authentically felt in our hearts and in our being, what the right decision was. It was to fight for this baby's life, do whatever it took, and to also just share about it for no other reason but to have more hands come together praying and, and sending positive thoughts for our baby. And, um, you know, we would have never in a million years imagined that that story would have been so touching that people around the world would have heard about it and then also told it, you know, which is, is amazing because now there's even more people that are um, experiencing our hope and our love and experiencing their own hope and their own love. And more people are praying across the world for our child. And it's like, mm. talk about moving, you know, it's just, it just blows us away. We've focused in on certain words, Bob, haven't we? Um, you know, courage, faith, hope, trust, love, um, all, all all massive words mm -hmm. in the context of having some real substance, you know, and you you and your good lady, as I say, you're at the cold face of life, you're undergoing this 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 challenge, but you know, refuse to to succumb to fear, even though fear is around, it's, I always liken it to, you know, a bully's knocking on the door and it's like, well, I'm not going to run and hide. I don't want you to be knocking on my door, but I'm going to face you because I've got something in my locker called love yep. and it will, it will overshadow and it will light up my life. And I speak from personal experience there, Bob, not in the context of what, you and your good lady are going through, but one that's come off the streets we, with gang violence and, and all that, you know, darkness, depression, all the labels, uh, addiction that, that can darken our lives. But I want to, you know, raise that, raise that energy, that vibration massively now. Let's focus back on this one key word, Bob, if we may, called forest. Mm. Um, because we spoke a little bit before we started, uh, before we came on here, didn't we, about um, a certain situation that's going to happen. I mean, I don't, I'm not very good at geography. I don't know how many miles away Ghana is from where you guys are in Illinois. Um, a few thousand, I would venture. Um, but what's happened, listeners, is, um, as you know, previously, Mastering the Game of Life was called speaking from our hearts and speaking from our hearts some very generous souls from our community donated to plant some trees in an impoverished village in Ghana and that process is literally as we speak about to kick off so what 
what's transpired is in a previous podcast episode um, with a gentleman called Lars Heiselberg van Jensen, who's the chairman of the Growing Trees Network Foundation, what um, has been agreed is that that forest um, is going to be called the Forest of Love and Hope and is going to be dedicated to what we know as, I'm going to call him Young Forest, Mm. Because he's not quite with us yet in this in this human world, uh, Bob. But that's only a matter of time, and surely that's a beautiful sentiment to say to the world. Look, you know, look what this couple went through. Look how this child fought. That is love. That is hope. You spoke passionately, Bob, at the top of this conversation around the you know the symbolic nature and the significance of trees. You know, breathing uh, into our planet. So that's something, listeners, that through your previous generosity and, dare I say, ongoing generosity has created, at the risk of sounding cliched, a massive, what I believe to be a massive win-win. I think that's a beautiful story for everyone personally. Any thoughts, Bob? It's, I mean, uh, it moves me to, to tears that you know, our story and our little boy has had such an impact. Um. And that knowing that these trees are going to help people feed and nurture themselves, um, it's it's just absolutely incredible. I mean, I, gra- like gratitude does not ex- express or explain um, the power of that that action and that sentiment to us. It's just incredible. Thank you. It's. I think it's a time like this, Bob. You know. Listen, you know, dare I say, guys like us, you know, we, we're we adept at words and within our training as coaches, we invariably find the right words to say to hopefully inspire people. But isn't it interesting, Bob, that actually at times we can just go quiet because there aren't any words because, you know, I know the old cliche yet again of action speak louder than words and I think... We've both arrived, I certainly have anyway, I can only take responsibility for my own um, stance, feelings and emotions at this precise moment in time. But I kind of feel, Bob, in the most loving, respectful way, I've got nothing left to say because mm. I think with what this 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 beautific story, this journey you shared with us, and yes, to bring back into play those words like vulnerability and love and hope, this, you know, sometimes words don't need to be said. Silence is all there is, isn't there? Yeah, and that that's been a um, another like through all through this all like my my meditation practice, my wife's meditation practice are like our practice of just being in silence has grown tremendously. Um, like there's just there's no words to truly capture our experience and there's no words that can truly console us in this experience and that that was one of the gifts early on in this was like people just saying i have no words to share but i'm here yeah 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 i think all that remains then bob at this um you know, giving you the last word, uh, all that remains really is for me to create that space and say, you know, to our listeners, is there anything at all that you'd like to add, Bob? Anything at all? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the one thing I will say is that we can always choose hope 
and we can always choose love. And sometimes, you know, it is, it is a choice. It is an action. It is to choose it when it's uncomfortable in service of, you know, supporting love and hope for others. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the, the greatest and biggest things we've learned through this all is even when it doesn't make sense or it's dangerous to choose it is to choose hope and love. And on that note, listeners, um, you, you know enough about um, when I go quiet, it's because uh, of the reasons I've mentioned. I don't need to elaborate it on anymore. An immensely powerful, powerful tale, one of literally of, of love and hope. I extend my gratitude as ever to you, the listeners, because without you guys out there, um, you know, there seems little point. You know, these messages need to be shared. This this light needs to be lit in a place that has become very, very dark, uh, particularly more recently. So all that remains now, um, actually, before I get onto that, Bob, I almost forgot. How can people reach out to you? How can people connect with you? Yeah, probably the easiest way is um, through my our, our website, my wife and I's website. It's uh, wemeetagaincoaching.com. And there's a contact us button there. You'd be this way. And we're on all the socials too. It'd be easy to find us. Brilliant. Thank you. And so there we have it, listeners. Um, and I will sign off now. And um, by saying, as I always do, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have. He'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. 